0: This week on Hometown Ghost Stories, we head to Princeton, Massachusetts to dive into the story of Lucy Keys, the disappearance that rocked the small town. Could the ghost of her mother still be wandering the woods looking for her little girl who went missing and never returned home? This is episode number seven of Hometown Ghost Stories, the disappearance of Lucy Keys, Princeton, Massachusetts.
1: John looked down at the broken walkie-talkie in his hand. Unbelievable, he muttered. At least the flashlight still worked. He stopped and took a moment to collect himself. After all, he knew these forests as well as anyone. This could easily be the 1,000th time his group of friends have played manhunt in these very woods. Yet, somehow, he had got himself turned around. He decided to pick a direction and start walking. As he moved forward, he began to hear a voice, quiet, distant, It must be his friends now looking for him. It had been too long, and at this point, they must be worried. He began walking towards the sound. It was a full moon tonight, and it was lighting up the snow and a few spaces between the trees, as best that it could. As he moved forward, the voice got a little more audible. He looked to his right and noticed five to six footprints that could have only been made from the feet of a small child. The funny thing was, they ended just as suddenly as they had began. With no signs of where they had come from or where they were going, he pressed on. A few moments later, he saw what he thought was a woman holding a lantern. Relieved to have found someone, he headed towards her. As he approached, he began to notice her clothing. She was dressed in what could only be described as old colonial clothing from the 1700s. He got a bit closer, and as he did, she turned to the side and screamed, Lucy! and what can only be described as a frantic, loud growl. Taken aback, John closed his eyes for a moment. When he opened them, the woman was gone. I'm Rob Coakley, and this is Hometown Ghost Stories, Princeton, Massachusetts. Nestled in the center of the state, Princeton was settled in 1743 and incorporated as a town in 1771. It's home to Wachusett Mountain, which is now used as a ski resort as well as a state reservation. The Westminster Spite Wall. Just a stone's throw over the line of Princeton into Westminster sits a 60-foot-long, 11-foot-tall wall made entirely out of spite. Edmund Proctor purchased his farm in 1852. Excited about the purchase, he was ready to get to work on the farm, and that's what he did. In fact, he was working seven days a week at the farm. It turns out his neighbor, Farwell Morris, was not happy about Edmund working on Sundays. Farwell was a Puritan and working on Sunday was strictly forbidden for him. The two quarreled often over this and then Edmund decided to take action. He began to construct a wall directly in front of the farm to further antagonize Farwell. He kept adding and adding and worked on this wall all the way until his death at the age of 71 in the year 1890. People close to the rock wall have heard the sounds of rocks loudly moving around in the area and finding nothing that could have caused the noise. Some passerbys have even said they've seen an old man working on the wall, only for him to be nowhere in sight when they take a second glance in that direction. Redemption Rock The story of Redemption Rock centers around a colonial woman named Mary Rowlandson. The King Philip's War was in full swing, and on February 10, 1676, during sunrise, the town of Lancaster came under attack by a group of Native Americans. They burned buildings and destroyed a bridge leading to the town to slow down the reinforcements that may come. In all, it is believed that 14 residents of Lancaster were killed and 23 were taken prisoner. Mary Rowlandson and her three children, Joseph, Mary, and Sarah, were among those taken captive. Sarah, just six years old at the time, was wounded during the raid and within a few weeks, died from her wounds. For the next three months, Mary was constantly forced to move camp to camp, while barely getting enough food to survive. Eleven weeks later, a meeting between her captors and a group of Puritans, including her husband, occurred at Redemption Rock. This is the site where a ransom of $20 was paid to release Mary, although her two surviving children wouldn't be released until later. The Mid-State Trail that runs from Rhode Island through Massachusetts and into New Hampshire passes right through Redemption Rock. Some hikers have claimed to see a group of people standing in front of the rock from a distance only for nobody to be there when they get closer. Others have heard loud voices in the distance, even though they're alone. Are you brave enough to walk the trail to Redemption Rock? The Disappearance of Lucy Keys In May of 1751, Robert Keys purchased 200 acres on the east side of Wachusett Mountain and quickly moved his family there from Shrewsbury. Over the next several years, they lived a quiet and by all accounts happy life, working to make their land a comfortable home. All of that changed on April 14, 1755. Early in the morning, Martha, wife of Robert, sent her two oldest daughters, Patty and Anna, nine and seven years old, to the nearby Wachusett Pond to get some sand for chores around the farm. Lucy, being much younger than her other two sisters, was told to stay home by her mother. Several hours later, Martha began to call for Lucy to come in, only to no avail. Frantic, Martha began to scream for her daughter to come home. Working in a field a short ways away, Robert heard the blood curling screams of his wife and rushed home. When he was finally able to get his wife calm enough to tell him what was going on, his other two daughters showed up from the pond. The parents asked if Lucy had one with them, and they responded that they hadn't seen her. Thinking that maybe Lucy tried following her sisters, Robert rushed to the pond to search, but this was to no avail. After this, Robert saddled his horse, got on, and rode to one of the closest neighbors that they had, which was still four miles away. This began the formation of one of the biggest search parties ever documented during this time period. Volunteers from all over came to help look for Lucy, but she was never found. That's when the speculation began on what happened to Lucy Keyes. Some believe that a local pack of wolves that had been heard in the area had gotten to Lucy. However, there was no trace of this, and surely as close as Martha was to the last known whereabouts of Lucy, she would have heard something like this. One of the other beliefs was that the local Native Americans had captured Lucy. The Keys lived very close to Redemption Rock, and after all, this had happened in the past. Years later, traveling merchants had an encounter with a group of Native Americans on the border of Canada. Among them was a young white woman, who barely spoke any English at all. When they asked her where she was from, all she could tell them was Chuset Mountain. Many believe this girl was Lucy Keys. Then there's the deathbed confession. A man named Tilly John was on his deathbed. While there he stated that he couldn't die without confessing to a murder. He then began to tell the tale of the murder of Lucy Keyes. He stated that he was in a dispute about land with her father, Robert. On his way through the woods, he stumbled upon Lucy, all alone. In a fit of rage, he killed the girl by bashing her head against the log repeatedly. He immediately hid the body in a hollow log. When the search party began the next day, he offered to lead one of the groups, so that he could keep them far away from Lucy's remains. Later that night, he went and moved her remains to a hole under a large stump, making the body undiscoverable to passerbys. A few days later, a group of searchers discovered what they thought to be a lock of Lucy's hair. This frightened little John, so much that he immediately went and joined the army. Everyone that knew him was perplexed because he had never shown any interest in doing so. He was discharged six months later and moved back to the area when he figured it was safe to do so, as the search for Lucy had stopped, with the exception of her family, still searching. Whichever of these stories is true, what we do know for sure is that Robert and Martha never stopped searching for their daughter. This took a giant toll on Martha in particular, though. It said Martha became partly deranged and would just wander into the woods searching, crying out for her daughter. And this would continue until her death. But her death wouldn't be the end of Martha searching for her daughter, Lucy. Many people have heard Martha crying out for Lucy, not only at night, but in the middle of the day, on the paths and in the woods surrounding Wachusett Mountain. Others have even claimed to have seen the footprints of a child when hearing these cries. Others, however, have heard more than just a cry for Lucy. They've actually seen the disheveled woman frantically searching and crying out for her daughter as she creeps through the woods. And when these people approach her to offer their assistance, she disappears just as quickly as she had appeared. We may never know what actually happened to Lucy Keys. But what we do know is that her mother will never stop searching until she finds her. everybody!
0: Hello. What's going on? That was the story of Lucy Keys Lucy.
1: from Princeton, Massachusetts. Yeah, um, Princeton, Massachusetts—a place I did not know existed until maybe three weeks ago. Thought I knew every town in Massachusetts. Thought no.
2: I had You've worked been to
1: <laughs> Well, I've been to Wachusett, but I've never like realized what town it was in. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, same. Absolutely same so like i've definitely been to wachusett but i was never like oh okay it's, I'm it's going a- to
2: wachusett oh you're going to princeton no yeah. i'm going to wachusett yeah. About
1: yeah. yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. so so i i was not super familiar with the town of princeton um ended up going there two weeks ago to get some footage for the episode and it's a nice little town it's pretty cool it's it's really it's it's a good throwback town um if you look at the thumbnail that Jesse created for this episode, that building on the on the thumbnail, like that castle looking building, is actually their town hall. So, like, it's just a pretty,
0: pretty cool looking it, town hall.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty cool town overall. So, it was a nice town to go to. I know we're doing again doing a lot of Massachusetts stuff, but I, I just stumbled across this story, so I felt as though instead of holding it, we should we should get this one out there.
2: Yeah, so the next, what, cool. the, next had- the next four the next like four that we're doing are going to be on a state. So
0: yeah, all over the place. Uh, we just got back yesterday from Texas. We're going to talk about that in a bit, but that was a uh, that was a whole experience. Lots to tell on that one. But the uh, getting back to uh, the Lucy Key story. So, well, do you want to do you want to just start with the spite wall because that was like my. Yes, My My favorite favorite I don't know how haunted the spite wall really is, but I mean, people said that they heard they could still hear like rocks being like placed on the wall and slammed. Why does everything or, like, have
2: to be haunted? Like, it doesn't all have to be haunted.
0: It
1: has to. I, mean, I guess
2: it's a ghost show. It's
0: be a funny wall.
1: I don't know. It, it has to be. Um, regardless of if it is or not, it's just the greatest story. I mean, it's it's not in Princeton. It's the next town over. It's literally a mile over the town line, maybe yeah. a mile and a half, but. Uh, Westminster has nothing else. There are no other paranormal stories that I could find in Westminster. So I felt as though adding it to Princeton was appropriate. Just because we're never gonna hit Westminster. And I want and I was like, what is this? I need to I need to go see this. I this was the hardest thing to track down. I couldn't find this freaking wall. I drove around for like half an hour trying to find this wall. Um, there was a plaque on it that was like this is the spite wall, right? Yeah, but the road, it's like It's one of those weird roads that it's just not like straight. It takes a left at an intersection, Mm -hmm. so like you're going straight at the intersection, and then the road goes this way, and you're like, "All right," but you don't know that. There's no sign. There's no street sign for it. So that's why I couldn't find it. And I eventually, um, I watched a news clip while I was in my car, pulled over, and while watching the news clip, I had to. look at a mailbox number to find this wall. That's like how I, that's how I found it. So (laughs) it was not
0: not that easy to find this
1: place. No. So I'm going to, I'm going to come back as a ghost forever searching for the spite wall. Once I die, because this was a, this so, was an ordeal. The forever search, yeah. So yeah, Ma- Martha Keys
0: is gonna be forever searching searching for Lucy, and Rob's ghost is be forever searching for the spite wall <laughs> again. To the spite wall. But, <laughs> Captain McSlugs, thank you for uh, McSlugs, thank you for the gifted tier one sub the
1: sof so welcoming. Um so yeah, so like this whole story is just it just speaks to me on a personal level that this dude's like um his neighbors just yelling at him about working on Sundays. And his rebuttal isn't to like keep fighting with him. He's like, I'm just gonna build the biggest fucking wall that I could ever build in my life and just doesn't stop building it until the day he dies. Just
0: Yeah, that's funny. That's funny. We've definitely uh had neighbors in the past that I would build a spite
1: wall I have
0: neighbors. <laughs> Actually <not laughs> Andrew get a, Andrew get on
1: that. Oh yeah, you could <laughs> definitely do that. <it. laughs> yeah. We'll put a plaque up if you do it. <laughs> <laughs> um, but but the the whole thing is like the, the reason why like it's probably haunted is like i I feel as though some of some of the hauntings you just get you get tied to stuff that you do and like this became such a life project for this guy like of course it would be one if he were to haunt anything it would either be his house or I mean the rock wall that he worked on for however many years, 30, 40 years. Like, I mean, so it, it just, it makes sense that that it's haunted or that people still hear him working on it or whatever. But um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I found that as the most random story. Like it's so different from everything else that, you know, like from a house or from anything else that we cover. Like, <clears throat> that I just kind of had to throw that in there.
0: Yeah, you're right about that. So you touched on that. Um, did you touch on? Was there a third story, or did it just go straight to the keys after that?
1: The other one was Redemption Rock. So, oh yeah, yeah. Redemption Rock is. It's in Princeton, obviously. Um, well, not obviously, since I did something in Westminster. But yeah, Mary Rowlandson, There's a she wrote a whole um, article that got published everywhere. I think like four or five times when she and her children were captured from a raiding party of Native Americans during the King Phillips War, which a lot of the stuff that we go through in New England is always going to come back to that, just because that is like a gigantic historical event around here. And there's a lot of tragedy that is tied to that entire war. So she was captured with some of her children. One of her children died while she was captured because she was injured during the raid on the town and um she was with the she was with the group for 11 weeks before she was ransomed back to her husband and the thing that like i found the most interesting about the the ransom which isn't tied to the ghost story is he ransomed for his wife to get returned before his children which was probably more a sign of the times i'm sure but you know, like nowadays, nobody would ever ransom their wife before their children for the most part, right? I mean, you just never leave your children. I guess it depends on the kids. <laughs> I guess so. Um, but yeah, so basically what happened was she was with them in captivity for 11 weeks. She wrote, she was treated poorly according to her. Um, she said they never, like, physically harmed her in any way. It was more just the way they treated her in terms of like she had no food. Um, The women were very mean to her. But she wrote a whole thing that got published like four times on that situation. And then they had this big meeting together on Redemption Rock. It was like 50 feet west of Redemption Rock. It shows you the exact spot there. And... That's where they ran some to send her back to her husband.
0: Oh. Uh, if anyone is, sorry, the stream just died on Twitch. I don't know why. I'm just making sure we're still live on YouTube. That's it looks cool. like we are. That was weird. Sorry about that. I'm um, <coughs> just supposed over. Fix it on Twitch. I don't know how to fix it on Twitch, so I'm just going to post in the chat. Um, Yes. Chat amongst yourselves while I fix this. So, what do
2: you think uh, ended up happening with Lucy? Do you have your own personal theory, or one that you lean towards the most?
1: <laughs> um, so I, I just—it's uh, tough to to believe the deathbed confession thing. There, if you read into it, um, Tilly Littlejohn. I know I said Tilly John in the video. I said the name wrong. It's Tilly Littlejohn. So there, there's a lot that people are saying doesn't add up. Like one of the main things that people are saying is like, well, Tilly little couldn't have been in a land dispute with her father because he wasn't old enough to own property. Well, that is true. But if you dig into how old he was at the time, you couldn't own property until you were 21. He was a month shy of being 21. So, that doesn't mean that he wasn't already negotiating for where he wanted to buy land. You know what I mean? Like right. he could have been telling him like, I want to purchase the guy had over 200 acres. So he might've been trying to purchase, set up a deal to purchase land from him. And you know, that could have been the land dispute. It could have been a family rent land dispute. It doesn't have to be something that he owned. So like that one, I don't, I don't buy. Um, they're saying that the deathbed confession happened in New York, but he wasn't in New York on his deathbed. So people are saying that's not right, but
2: lunatics are always confessing to the shit they didn't do.
1: Yeah.
0: It's a strange deathbed confession. Now, did he name like I was the one who killed Lucy keys? Yes.
2: Yeah. That was, the,
1: uh... yeah. Yes. He, he said it on his deathbed. He made sure to get somebody from Princeton in the room with him so that they would know what he was talking about. Um, and the problem with with the times is everything became sort of word of mouth there is some written documentation but it's not it's not foolproof so it became like a he said she said type deal so that's where um it's all just getting kind of like passed down but there is a I did read an article from a guy who like tracked down to see how much of this he could he could actually debunk and a lot of it adds up like more so than they are saying that it adds up. So like I said, the whole land dispute thing, there's the age thing, there's um where he was that, that he was able to to basically there's the age thing there. Sorry. Uh, basically able to debunk a lot of that. I mean there's still some stuff that doesn't add up completely, but it could be that. So for me it's if that if that story though is true of the the merchants that found a tribe close to Canada with a white girl that could barely speak English because she was so young when she was went missing, and the only thing that she could say, like as far where she was from, was, was Chuset Mountain. Yeah, I feel it, like they should look more into that. Well, the father went there. Really? Um, so the father the father rode up there when he heard the story. So, he rode up there, but he couldn't find the tribe. So, that was the problem with that. Like,
2: That's the story that I found the most likely, personally, yeah. Yeah. rather than the... Um, so, she, she might not even... Like, the tragedy of the story might not even have been her, although abducted by strangers is sad. But if they raised her amongst them, it's, it's you know obviously not ideal but oh, it's right. ideal over getting beaten to
0: death or whatever yeah, it exactly. like, it's here.
2: definitely the least um treacherous or the least uh horrible <clears throat> ending possible so right. if that's the case i mean the real the real tragedy is the story of the mother
1: right yeah, yeah. And, but the mother is technically for all intents and purposes the main the main ghost that the gets, main ghost right so like, like regardless of what happened to Lucy, other than sometimes people seeing the footprints, that's the only thing I could find about anything in relation to actually Lucy Keys as a, as a ghost, um, is footprints. Everything else is about Martha. They they see Martha. They hear her calling out for Lucy. Um, she went like certifiably insane. She did when when she. As she, she, she never stopped looking. She they said she would be disheveled. She would act like she was deranged. They would just find her in the woods looking for, looking for Lucy. So, that's um, that's who the main focus on this ghost story is more so than Lucy. Lucy was the catalyst for Martha for Martha becoming a ghost. So,
0: yeah, so. I mean, you never really get over that. So, so. Your story, as opposed to the other stories that I read, was actually everything was pretty spot on. But the they had said that like once their sisters, her two sisters, set out, she followed right behind them, which makes me think maybe the the mother knew, and I guess she just couldn't catch up to them with her little her little legs. Little no, they legs
1: they weren't sure that she followed. That was one of their theories. Was they were just trying to think of where she could have went, and yeah. she was told to stay put. Right, she was told to stay at the house, and they think that when the sisters went down to the lake, she tried to follow behind. Yeah, because one, so when she must have either gotten lost or right, so that she or she couldn't keep up with them, or she was trying to hide. You know how kids will like try to hide behind them yeah. the whole way and follow. She could have been doing something like that. I mean, what else are you going to? It's seventeen, whatever. What is this girl doing? Like to, to entertain herself other than? Yeah. trying to go do what Collect her sister sand. is doing. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so, I mean, that could be... I think that's what that's that story is more plausible. I think that's more what people are... That's more of what I've seen. I, I know that the whole... That she definitely was following her sister's thing, but that is not um, what the other records are stating from, from other people. Yeah, so that's pretty good.
0: I, I pulled up a ghost story... Someone that experienced it says, uh, I was camping with my family overnight in Princeton. Um, the date was June 17th of 2008. It was half past seven at night. My two children were asleep and my husband too, before I had my second child that I had, but it died. Okay. Uh, suddenly when I was laying in my tent awake, I heard a voice whispering quietly saying, mommy, mommy, I want to be with you. The next morning I said to my husband, darling, did you hear anything last night? He said, no, dear. Did couples actually talk to each other like this? <laughs> no dear. <laughs> um I didn't what why it's wrong. I just said because I think that he would believe me and the other night I heard it too, how strange. That wasn't a very well constructed paragraph.
2: But, but also they got the ghost wrong. You got the wrong ghost.
0: <clears throat> yeah. Well, maybe, I mean maybe there's the ghost of a child as well. So, I mean, there
1: have been the footprints the thing, but that was the only thing I had seen about Lucy being. Oh, so she actually, so she posted this not
0: knowing the story of Lucy Keys, and then someone else commented, it. it's because this is one of the, there's a famous ghost story from prison that I know of. It's so popular that there have been, there's even been a, a movie made about it. The ghostly disembodied voice of a woman yelling, Lucy, Lucy can be heard. On Watch Mountain at night, this is the voice of uh, Mrs. Martha Keyes, whose daughter Lucy went missing in the 1750s. Martha died uh, without ever finding out what happened to her four-year-old daughter, so she is condemned uh, to looking for her in the afterlife. That makes sense. Yeah.
2: Maybe she's walking. So Martha is actually not buried in her own grave. So the grave uh, site that Rob had put in there, the visual of her gravestone, that's in Princeton. She is actually buried in Lemonster on her family's plot. So maybe she's, her ghost is wandering around because she doesn't have a legitimate burial site.
1: Yeah, I mean... I, I So I was wondering about that when I visited, so I'm glad you found that because she's not buried next to her husband. Like, she's not next to Robert. I mean, well, that, that gravestone, anyways, isn't next to Robert. It's next to another one, which I assumed was um, some sort of relative, but... I know My she guess more is the children. family had
2: their own burial plot in Leominster, what is it, a town or two over? Yeah. And uh, she was, maybe she was like, no, bury me here. Yeah. Or I don't know. Or if she's not buried there. I don't know. It's weird.
0: Yeah, because even if you look at the gravestone that, that Rob had taken the video of, it doesn't say, like, here lies or whatever. It
1: just says in memory of Martha yeah. Keyes. Uh, yeah. so,
0: looks like it's just a memorial.
1: Gravestone. A lot of the stones there say that. Uh, it was okay. one of the things I was noticing as I was walking around that there was a pretty, it's a really cool graveyard, not easily accessible. Like it's right off a main road, but there's no parking, nothing. So like, this isn't the, like you have to park right off the ro- road on this main road to, to get to it. Um, But a lot of, it's, it's clearly not an active, like they're not still burying people there. And a lot of them say in memory rather than hear lies or anything like that. Maybe nobody's buried there. Maybe it's just a memorial ground. Might be. There are some, like, actual crypts, too, but, I mean... I would would
0: wager to say there are definitely people buried there. But, but maybe not. I don't know. That'd that'd be weird to have a whole graveyard with just memory plaques. So, seems a little little redundant, especially
1: when they're somewhere else. I'm actually actually shocked that we hadn't heard this story before, because, like, that little blurb that you read there was a movie it wasn't a big movie but there was a movie made on it um, it's not like this is far from us it's an hour maybe maybe a little more so you would think that like, with well, all the ghost stuff that we hear about this is a story that we would have known and I just I didn't know about it I'm not I had aware. never heard
0: about it um, you did mention that you were gonna speak with the director did you ever uh, chat with the director or no
1: um, I never I had a very busy week of work last week, and then by the time I emailed him back, I didn't hear back from him in time before I was putting the episode together, so I still haven't heard back from him, so I didn't want to just, like, cold call. He gave me his number, but I didn't want to cold call him and be like, hey, you know. maybe You just got to keep
2: calling and calling and calling until he picks up.
1: Yeah, and just do my Lucy. (laughs) Just just play my little Lucy.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So you you watched the movie. I did. Um, Where did you find the movie? If people want to check it out,
1: Um, I think it was on Tubi. It's one of those. It was on one of the free streaming apps. Okay. Like I think it was Tubi. I'm pretty sure that's what it was on. So are we at
0: this point pushing people to pirate the movie from Tubi, or is it not one of those sites?
2: That's not a. I think it's on Amazon Prime also.
1: Tubi is legit. It's not. It's not a pirate. Okay. It's like <laughs> I've never it's, used it. I just wanted to check. It's like an app. <laughs> it's basically just an app that has tons of movies and stuff, and it might play some ads for you in the middle of the movie. But yeah, okay, T- okay. I Tubi, I gotcha. is, Tubi is legit. Right.
0: And I think it was called the Legend of Lucy Keys, right?
1: Yeah. I mean, it it does. I mean, it's a movie, so it does take some liberties with the story, obviously. But you have to because, I mean, what else are you going to do to? fill out an entire, an entire right. so movie. There's some, it
0: strays away from the story a bit, right? Cause it, I think I don't want to spoil the movie for anyone, but I, I believe you said that they found a body at the end of the movie or something. I don't want to spoil a, the movie, but yeah, the I, it. <laughs> yeah. I didn't say. Sure, who's body. <laughs> I said they found a body. So that's the whole movie for you. Um, <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> well, I was just saying, like, it was a little bit different than the
1: actual story, right?
2: Most, so, I assume, it's like most movies, which are completely different from the actual story.
1: Um, so all the stuff regarding Lucy Keys is like pretty spot on. I mean, like, I, I would say, like, it follows the tale as well as it can. It, it's obviously incorporating like a, a a family that's not real, but. Like anything that's regarding Lucy's story is pretty much spot on in the movie. So that so that's cool. Like they they follow that pretty much, you know, until, you know, I don't want to spoil the ending, but until they follow find her body at the end. (laughs) That's (laughs) whose body it was. Uh Uh Yeah. So like I mean obviously that didn't happen, but yeah, so they they changed the name of the neighbors of Tilly Little John to a different to a different person, too, probably just for liability reasons or something. I'm sure you can't just go throwing accusations so, about families like that in a movie. But while we're ruining the whole movie, which approach did they
0: take with the. Um, did they take one of the approaches that we talked about or something different? Like where it was either the Native American tribe, the guy with the deathbed confession.
1: Oh uh, no! They went. They went animals. with animals. It was the neighbor. It was. Oh, they were the neighbors. Ah. Well, the the guy Tilly Little John, like I said, but they changed his name in the movie. It's a different. It's a different name. Is the name just as ridiculous? I don't. I don't even remember it. <laughs> um, but his ancestor is played by one of the guys from Sons of Anarchy, so that was cool. Nice. Yeah, isn't Justin Theroux in the movie also? Yeah, Justin Theroux in the movie too. What else yeah. is he from? Because I can't even... Yeah, I know the name. Did you ever
2: watch um, uh, what the heck was that show? Um, on HBO... Was it on HBO? or Showtime where like the a um, whole bunch of people just like straight up disappeared?
1: Oh, no, but I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that was I really good.
0: That, yeah, yeah, I saw a few episodes. I don't think I finished the whole show, but...
1: It was good. I mean, this movie is is older too, though. It's... 2005, 2006 or something. So the director is from the town. Well, not from the town. He moved to the town, and he started experiencing things. That's cool. So he started experiencing things. He didn't know the, the, this, the history, and he started, like, talking to people from around town, and they were like, oh, yeah, here's this whole story. And that's what, you know, got him to write and direct this movie. So, which I thought was pretty cool. Like, you know, good for him for following through and he's, he's done other movies as well, but like, you know, that's, yeah. I think
0: when you can craft something off of something that you've experienced, you know what I mean? Where it's like people who direct movies off of like towns that they lived in for a little bit, you know, that's, uh, that's pretty cool.
1: Stephen King's made a whole career out of just basing everything, you know, New England, yeah. In New England, being Mm -hmm. around stuff that he knows. And yeah, we went up there to, um... I think it's like... Oh, where was
0: it? I Bangor? I think it was... Uh, yeah, it was like the town that he based everything off of, but it, they never really... Derry. Derry.
1: Yeah, yeah, that was... there like, is the it. town that he bases everything. That's yeah, that's yeah. the fake town, yeah?
0: Well, it's a real town, but it's... The, 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 forget. I might be getting this wrong, but whatever town he based all his stuff off of, we went and randomly got an Airbnb up there like two years ago. Mm-hmm. And... Um, Overall, it does kind of look like the towns from like he based Shots the stuff, stuff
2: in you know? New England. He's got different.
0: towns. Usually, films in like Ohio and stuff, though. But, anyways, we looked it up and we went to one of them, and uh, it was kind of it was it was cool. It, it had and I don't know if it was just because all we were thinking about was Stephen King at that time, but it had that kind of vibe with like you know the the older brick buildings and everything like that, and the little diners and everything. It was uh it was kind of cool, kind of cool. Definitely a small town. Definitely not a reason that you would ever go up there for any other reason then because this is the Stephen King town, but uh, yeah. there wasn't a gimmicky town. They didn't brand a
1: bunch of stuff after Stephen King, but it was still a cool stay. I, I think that's my least, uh, like just coming to terms with like looking up a lot of these, you know, this is off of we're done with kind of talking about Lucy keys, but just general talk. The thing that I don't like the most about these haunted places that are letting you sleep there and stay there. And, you know, I understand you have to set the atmosphere a little bit, but I think a lot of them go too overboard with, with their presentation of the house. Yep. They, they don't understand that the location itself is scary. Like the location is the draw. So, right. and they, it? they were like touristy Bullshit. Like, yeah. I don't want to
2: feel like I'm in a gift shop.
1: <laughs> right. Exactly. Right. So, I think that's the problem with some of these. Um, I did watch. It, it depends on the room, though. I was watching something on the Sally House, which we'll be doing at some point. Not sure when. Uh, I do plan on doing the Sally House, but the Sally House for the most part just looks like a regular house, which is what it was. And the the main haunting in that house is in a was in the nursery. And that room, they they set it back up as a nursery, but that makes sense to me because that's what that's that's where you got your paranormal. They didn't go nuts with it; they just set everything up that was in that nursery before.
0: And yeah.
1: and I think that's fine. But when you're adding unnecessary stuff to these haunted houses, is yeah, I think you're just. I think you're killing the mood more than you're enhancing it. You're draining
2: mind. that authentic feeling of right terror that the building comes with inherently. Exactly. Right.
0: Like if you want to look at a city that does it right, look at like Salem, Massachusetts, where you have the whole town is themed after witches and Halloween mm-hmm. and stuff like that. Even the police cars drive around; they have witches painted on the the side of them and stuff like that. So you could look at Salem, and be like, "Well, look at that they're they're taking advantage of that." But just when you go to the <laughs> well, because when you go to the actual historical locations, um, the different houses, the house of Seven Gables, like the, the other houses out there that are supposed to be haunted, those are still to a T, uh, as they were because they're historical sites, so they, they haven't changed a thing. That all the furniture is still super old, they don't have you know, like there isn't little, you know, um. Yeah, you know, ghouls and goblins hanging on the walls or anything like that. It's just like like everything is authentic there, but outside you have the whole, you know, all the fun stuff. But they, they what they did right, I think, was keeping the locations authentic and keeping them true to what they are, and you walk into those places and you get creeped out just because it's a creepy-ass place, which is what I wish that a lot of these other places would do
1: as well. Yeah, I, I mean, I think we're going to be talking more about this in a future episode, but I just kind of... I don't know what made me bring that up, but yes.
0: That's, no, you're right. Yeah, it's something we talk about all the time with these places. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> all right. So next week, uh, Dave, your episode is what?
2: Uh, the Bel Air House, Bel Air, Ohio. Tell me more. Uh, it is a house from <clears throat> the 1800s that was haunted, it sits right on an Indian burial ground and above a coal mine that a Exploded and collapsed back in the 1800s and killed, uh, I think, 50 people. Nice. And it also took place in uh, nice in one of the battleground areas of the uh, French Indian War.
1: So I feel like somebody else mentioned the, how the lots of stuff around here. It's a really sweet story. <laughs> my, my favorite was when when you said that 50 people died in Jesse. <laughs> nice, nice.
0: <laughs> That's so cute. <laughs> All right, uh, and then we're we're gonna drop the Conjuring episode. We've been talking about it.
1: Um, I think people understand though. we have six hours of live footage to go through on two different cameras. Yeah. We go through actually six hours of live
2: footage to put together a three minute.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: So we'll come up with something cool for that one.
0: Uh, we have San Antonio, which we briefly mentioned earlier. This is going to be an interesting one. Uh, going to get Andrew involved in this one. Mr. Captain McSlurves. He was here in the, uh, Remember the ghosts of the Alamo. <laughs> the ghosts of the Alamo. Oh, uh, yes. Yes. So, what was funny about the Alamo is our hotel was basically on top of the Alamo. We stayed at the Emily Morgan Hotel like we said we were going to do. It did not disappoint. I don't want to spoil anything for the episode, but I will say it did not disappoint. We had uh, we had a hell of a time out there. But we basically were sitting on top of the Alamo, which, by the way, is free to get in. We didn't know that. Uh, and we stopped into the Alamo about an hour before our flight. Imagine <laughs> we were out there for four days. <laughs> and uh, we almost blew it. We almost never went to the Alamo because we were just kept doing other things.
2: Yep. There's a huge line. So we were intimidated by the line. We're like, I will do it later. We'll do it later. We'll do it later. And that almost didn't. but yeah. that would, would have been stupid.
0: Yeah. So Captain Captain McSlugs will be bringing on a special guest. Oh, yes. Oh, uh, yes. I know who. Special, <laughs> the special guest is in route right now. Okay. He's due to arrive on Friday. It's very exciting. And I'm. Possibly, working. A, possibly
2: a witch as a special mm-hmm. guest as well. Possibly. Hopefully.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah! Yeah. No, we we do we have we have a witch. Just we just you know have a witch. (laughs) We do. It's a
2: man witch witch. that we met in uh, a man witch that we met. (laughs) (laughs) Great sandwich (laughs) that we met in San Antonio. Um, Some uh,
1: some pretty good insight into the occult. I'm working on a two part episode of I think it's Alton, 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 Illinois. Is no. Illinoisans, nah, you're not going to keep doing this.
0: <laughs> it's it's Illinois.
1: Welcome back, Rob. Wow, you're timing me up.
2: <laughs> it's very, very mean. He would Jesse would get Illinois real easy.
1: <laughs> we should end the stream. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lots of giggles tonight. Oh
0: yeah. Well, yeah, so you got that two-part episode coming up, and, and that's that. So, um, yeah, I think we're going to – let's crank it out. Let's work hard. and Oh, no, so you said you're going to do that episode next week. No, we, we could talk about this off stream. Uh, yeah. We have episodes coming up every Tuesday, brand new episodes. So you just tune in. You just get here on Tuesday night. You watch whatever we put in front of you. Just watch all of it. And that's if right. you
1: listen to us on the podcast, it drops on Wednesdays. This so, watch us on Tuesdays. Listen to us on Wednesdays. And- this, is how, this is how we do it now. We're very aggressive and assertive with her. <laughs> it's yeah. our new marketing strategy. All right, that'll
0: do it, ladies and gentlemen. This has been episode number seven of Hometown Ghost Stories. Uh, check us out next week. We'll be back next Tuesday. Another very exciting episode. Thank you guys for tuning in. Rob, nice job on the video, which, by the way, was a little bit buggy in the first minute, but we, have, we don't have to pretend that we'll fix it. Yeah, we'll fix it. All right, we'll see you guys.